This is Matt Barlow from Ashes of Aries. This is Nora from Battle Beast. This is Jarvis Leatherby from the band Night Demon. Hey, this is Reese Scruggs from Havoc. This is Ida from Trifair, and you are listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Podcast listeners, welcome back to the show for another metal artist interview. Today I'm joined by AK and Michael from Flotsam and Jetsam. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the Great Metal Debate. Uh, thanks for having us. Oh, we're having a good time. Well, we're talking to you from Louisville, Kentucky at the Tiger Room. One evening out of Flotsam and Jetsam's North American tour. You're a little more than halfway through the tour. Uh, how are you guys doing so far? Are you making it, running on fumes? What do you feel like? Um, we are revived a little bit. Tonight is uh, is kind of a special gig because it's a, a titty bar at the same time. So we're kind of like, we want to do the gig, but, you know, you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not the first to mention that it's a, it's an odd setup there with uh, ladies on one side and bands on the other side. You've got another two weeks to go. What's the response been for you guys generally? Is it what you were hoping for in this run? Yeah, um, it, it's kind of weird. There's fans from last time we played everywhere 20 years ago that are showing up just going, I've been waiting 20 years to see you guys. And they bring their kids and their, you know, their sisters and brothers. And um, it, it's really special to have the hardcore fans show up and bring everybody they can possibly get a hold of. It's kind of nice. So you mentioned bringing their kids. I do have to ask about that. I mean, is that somewhat surreal as a musician? I mean, certainly you wouldn't have imagined back in the 80s that you would have fans who saw you back then bringing their teenagers to see you uh, at shows. That's got to be, I don't know, what's that like? Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, they're right up front. They're singing the lyrics with AK. And, uh, uh, you know, it gives hope for the newer generations, uh, at least in my eyes, that there's still hope for metal. You know, it's not going to be uh, a dying uh, genre of music. You know, it's reviving and it's back on the, up, you know, up, upswing, I guess. And it's keeping up. Now, you guys are joined in this run by Metal Foursome Dead by Wednesday. Uh, have they done offering up something for the crowd, getting them warmed up each evening? You know, they're a really good band. Um, We've been friends with a couple of those guys for a long time, and um, I, I actually did a little guest spot on their record for them. And they're um, they're very easy to work with. They uh, they get the they definitely get the crowd going. They're you know they're not one of those bands where people are out getting a drink while they're on. You know they pay attention to them, and uh, they def they definitely get people warmed up and ready for the show. And I know tonight, as well as some other evenings on the tour, you have, uh, before that, some awesome local bands on the stage. Do you think it's important, as you guys have toured internationally, when you've reached the level of success that you all have, that there are opportunities for local openers? And then in addition to that, have you all seen any local openers on this run so far that have impressed you? There's a lot of impressive bands. Uh, as far as local openers, I think it's essential for what we do, you know, because of promotions and stuff like that. A lot of times, uh, promoters won't promote the shows very well, and they expect the bands to do it. We don't have the pulse of every city in America, you know, so the local bands do. So when they get uh, onto the bill, 
you know, they're going to bring some people in that otherwise probably didn't even know about the show. And you mentioned Cities in America. It's an impressive run this time. Are you hitting any markets that you had not hit before? We're hitting some markets that we haven't hit in a long, long time. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that's impressive about the local bands is that it, a show, like a Flotsam show, they don't put any garage band that just started up, you know. They put the local bands that have been around for a while that have been doing it, that have some kind of following, that are actually decent bands, which is uh, really cool because we're so sick of listening to local bands that are just the worst thing you've ever heard, you know. So we have we really haven't had any of that on this trip. Um, all the local bands have been really good. Uh, they bring people in. They do a good job of, uh, of keeping the, the crowd, you know, entertained before we get up there. So... It's it's really kind of cool. It's like we have the next generation metalheads not only in the crowd but also up on stage. Let's take a moment to talk about your new album, The End of Chaos. Well, it was released in January. We reviewed the album on the Great Metal Debate at the time very positively. Just if you don't mind giving me a thumbnail sketch of what the thought process was behind this album and how you all, with a little time passing, would compare it to previous Flotsam and Jetsam offerings. We don't ever really have like a uh, thought process. We don't think it out before we do it. We just start doing it, start writing songs, uh, as many songs as we can. You know, if we can come up with good riffs and submit them over to AK and he feels like he can make a strong chorus and a strong verse on the song, you know, that's like, that goes in the first slot. And then we keep doing that until we have 10 songs or more. Then we start pushing the, the weaker ones out, you know. So there's never really like a concept thing going on except for the lizard you know he's all he's got to be there it's pretty iconic you you mentioned you know pushing some other material out does that go in the garbage bin or does that go in a bin of things that you may pull from later on we may uh steal a riff or two from songs that didn't make it but when we write we like to start fresh from scratch and uh you, you never know you know we could hash on a song that didn't make it on the last record and we could write it and rewrite it and write it and rewrite it and rewrite it and realize oh this is why it didn't make it on the last record you know so we don't really kind of waste our time on that we may steal a cool riff out of something but we really like to like to uh, start fresh when we when we write something for hardcore fans there isn't a secret vault with flotsam and jetsam classics that have just never made it to the album no there, there kind of is, but they've all been out. Somebody's found them and put them out already. So there, you can find stuff on YouTube that didn't make it to records, but uh, most of it has been torn apart to make something else. Well, I really enjoy the end of Chaos. I didn't do the album review for us, but I, what I thought after a number of listings was it seems like, and maybe it's because I've been listening to a lot of power metal, that you guys, there's a definite power metal vibe there even though you all certainly don't leave your speed and thrash roots. Again, was that a conscious decision on your all's part, or is that just kind of how the music evolved naturally? I think it comes from um, years of experience of writing. Uh, These guys leave me a lot of room to put some vocals into a song. They leave me uh, space to create some, some melodic choruses and stuff like that where... A lot of bands, they just write the most intricate, fast stuff they can, and there's really no room for vocals. So, you know, when when you've been doing it a long time, you learn where to leave 
lay back a little bit, leave room for vocals, lay back a little bit to leave room for solo. You know, it's it becomes part of professionalism, I think. And on the instrumental side, are you often surprised where he finds the vocal melody delay? That's a great question because I have like a certain structure that I always work with when I write a song and I give it to this guy and he sends it back and the freaking choruses and verses are all uh, switched around and everything. I'm like, what? But he makes, he makes it better, so, you know. Pleasant surprise in the writing process. Well, uh, and getting back to your vocals, man, I, it, it seems like your voice, in my opinion, is as strong as ever on this album. For a guy in, with apologies, because I'm there too, mid-50s, it seems like you're still able to hit the high notes. What's it take to do that night after night? I mean, you're taking the time to speak with us. Do you try to rest your voice? Do you do herbal remedies? What, what's the secret? Only recently, in the last few years, I've been thinking about, you know, you got to take care of your voice. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing that before the shows. You know, my, my whole career, I've been, uh, I've always had a big S on my chest. I can sing anything, anytime, drunk, sober, it doesn't matter, you know. But, uh, yeah, you get into your mid-50s, you got to think about uh, being a little more professional about things and uh, take care of yourself a little bit. But, um, you know, I... A lot of singers warm up before a show. I look at it as my whole career so far has been a warm-up for where I'm at now. So you go into the show pretty much cold? You just, the first notes that you hit that in the evening are, are the, the first ones you sing? No, I, I have to warm up a little bit or the first notes will be, you know, Mickey Mouse squeaky. But <laughs> um, And... I understand that you all are playing some of the new material off this album live. How are those mixing in with the old material, and what's the fan response? It seems to be mixing in pretty good. Uh, people, like, people know the words. Uh, that's unexpected, because usually new material, that people don't, they don't want to hear it. The majority of the audience doesn't want to hear that. They want to hear the classic stuff. But uh, we're doing four new ones, and they're all going over spectacularly well. So couldn't ask for a better response. You know, we debate on our metal debate podcast things like old versus new metal. You know, how well, how does nostalgia play into it? As a musician, I'm curious, both you guys, what how important is that balance of holding to where you came from, the the old sound, things that fans are familiar with, versus not just writing the same album time after time, which you all obviously haven't done. What's what's the balance there? You know. Uh, we, of course, want to be pushing our new record, so we we pick as many new songs as we think we can get away with. But there's some classics that we have to play. People get angry if there's, if there's a couple songs that we don't put it on the set. They're just going to be, oh, I'm not going to come see you guys next time. You didn't play my favorite. But we've got a lot of songs to choose from, so it's really hard to come up with a set that pleases everybody. So we, we kind of uh, mix what we know people want to hear with what we love to play and try to get give that a mix in the set. With that big back catalog, though, it gives you a lot of flexibility and options, though, as far as what parts of your repertoire you can display, I'm assuming, each evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many songs did we cut? I mean, we had like 25 to start with that we were thinking about playing, but you have to really bring it down to about 18, you know. Well, starting to wrap up with you guys, after this current tour of North America is complete, what are the band's plans for the remainder of 2019? We've got Europe 
there's three trips to Europe between July and September. One of them's with uh, it's going to be Overkill and Destruction again. We just came back from a successful run with those guys, so we're going to do that again. And then either later this year or maybe the beginning of next year, uh, the States again, hopefully. And going over to Europe, those fans are pretty crazy. Is, is it, do you, because of the nature of the European fan base, does that adjust, like, your set list or how you perform or anything like that? Yeah, it definitely does. You know, like, the, uh, talking about new songs, you know, do we do new songs when we go over there? And uh, we did this last time, and they went over extremely well, so... And those, they're adamant about their classic music. They they want to hear the old shit, you know. And if you play new stuff, they'll tell you, you why you play that shit? the new, uh, you know. But <laughs> you be brutally honest, can't they? But they're, they're awesome. Um, and they took to the new songs very well. That's killer. Finally, wrapping up with you guys, what is the best way for fans to purchase music and merchandise from Flotsam and Jetsam, including the latest album, the End of Chaos. AFM Records is probably the best place to go to buy the, uh, the CD. If you want to buy merch, there's going to be a new site coming up, flotstilldeath.com, and that's uh, with an S, F-L-O-T-S-T-I-L-D-E-A-T-H.com. You'll be able to get shirts. We have a whole new line of merchandise right now, and that should be up and coming within the next uh, maybe two weeks. That album art is killer. I'm sure it'll have some variation on the lizard, some really cool stuff for fans to get. Yeah, uh, we, we have, we'll have some stuff that's only going to be exclusive online from from that store. So, Well, guys, I so appreciate you taking the time. Stoked to see you all play this evening. I want to encourage fans to pick up the new album and as well as catch you guys the remainder of this tour and remaining in 2019. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.